Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor, and I'm so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is all about how to survive and thrive after a midlife divorce with Debbie Gowen. Is this an experience that's relevant to you? If it's not you, I'm sure you can share this episode with a friend who needs to hear it. You're going to love meeting my guest today because of her approach to thriving after divorce, which is helpful in this situation and many situations. Getting divorced is one of those life transitions that can be really jarring, especially in midlife. And you know, when you've been married for such a long time, like 20 or more years. Women our age typically grew up in a more traditional time, and I'm sure it's no surprise that it can really affect how you think about certain things that might actually get in the way as you're slowly moving forward. So let's dive in. My guest today is Debbie Gowen. Debbie is a certified life coach and licensed marriage and family therapist with over 20 years experience. Debbie's focus is to create a safe place for you to find your path forward after recently getting divorced in midlife. She gets it. She's been there. She knows that fear can rob you of your confidence. Debbie helps you find the strength, courage, and confidence to manage your life today, even if you are alone, to trust that you're capable to handle whatever comes your way, to figure out where you are today and make the changes to design an awe-inspiring future. What I love about her approach is that she specifically helps midlife women who are living by themselves, perhaps for the first time in decades, develop an action plan for dealing with the practical side of living alone. So good. And I know you're going to love this interview. Hi, Debbie. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Women in the Middle podcast. Hi, Susie. It's really good to be here. It is so good to have you on. I've known you for a while now, and the work you're doing is so important. So I thought we'd start by you just sharing a little bit about why you're so passionate about, you know, helping divorced women living alone know that they can feel safe and alive again. Why is this so important to you? I think why it's so important to me is I just don't feel women need to feel so bad and be in so much pain and so much fear that they have all the ability and the capabilities to be able to handle whatever comes their way. They're recently divorced. They're in a lot of emotional pain, which is normal, but they don't have to live in fear. They can take control of their lives and they can really start coming out of the other side. So they start to begin to design this new future for themselves. And I see them in so much pain that it's just not necessary to be in that much pain. It's so frustrating to watch. Like I experienced that too. I work, I'm so fortunate to work with so many amazing women in the middle. And when I see such capability and possibility, I get so excited. And to watch somebody in pain who's amazing and just doesn't know it yet, it is frustrating. But I feel so fortunate that we have some skills to help. 
So what happened to you that this is a big deal? Tell us a little bit about your story. Well, I am this person that I'm helping. I, when I was 49, I was actively in a new career and I was studying for what they call here, the state boards for my marriage and family license. And I'd gone away to take the last test, which was an oral. And I come back, I was married and I sat down with my husband and I said, I think we need to talk about the relationship. And he shared with me that he wanted a divorce and that he wasn't kidding. So that began my journey. I actually had to find a house or someplace to live. I had to pass this test or I would no longer be employed at the business I was at. So there was a lot of pressure on me. And I can remember laying in my new home by myself with my dog, curled up on this God awful, ugly mustard yellow carpet in a field position, just crying. I was so afraid that I wasn't going to be able to take care of myself. And that was not a good feeling. It's just not a good feeling to be there. So that began my journey. And what I did was I decided that I was going to take total responsibility for myself and that I was going to make this life happen. And I was going to do whatever I had to do. And fortunately for me, I'm, I'm pretty handy. So when things came up around the home, I could call my dad at the time or I could fix it. But women out there sometimes are just lost. They're like a deer in headlights and they don't have to be taking control of your home environment so you feel safe and secure is like the first step. To I love that. That was one of the reasons I really wanted to talk to you because taking care of your home and feeling safe and secure in your, in your home, I can totally see how that's the first step. I mean, I think there's something about being at this age and stage in midlife and knowing where we've come from and been the last 20 or 30 years, the world has changed. Many of us came from a much more traditional situation than women today uh, grow up into, although some still choose it. There's just more awareness that there are choices. I remember early in my marriage, I got married in 1994 and my husband just naturally assumed that I would be moving my accounts to his bank. And I just remember thinking, I grew up in a single parent household. (laughs) I was like, what? Why? (laughs) I was just so surprised. I mean, as it turned out, he was better at banking and dealing with that kind of stuff than I was. So eventually I happily just let him do it. But it was just that assumption that that's what he was going to do. And I catch myself now being 27 years married uh, myself feeling pretty traditional about certain things. Like, I don't really know where the gas shutoff is in my house. And every it seems like whenever I'm here alone, something happens and I have to call some guy and I don't even know how to call the guy. And (laughs) so anyway, I love the way you're starting with just that. And thank you for sharing your story. I can't even imagine uh, that conversation going down like that. And then the next thing you know, you were on your own. So um What are the kinds of things that come up when you are on your own for the first time, perhaps ever, but often in probably 20 or 30 years? That's correct. Uh, Like you said, when you're in a marriage, certain roles seem to play out and 
traditionally, and I put that in quotes because it's not always like that, the man takes care of the, the house repairs. And when you're living alone in your own home, you don't even know what you don't know yet. There are things that come up that you have no idea that you're going to have to face. But some of the basic things are, for example, I came home one night at eight o'clock at night. I live alone now. It's, I'm recently divorced and there's a sprinkler just doing its thing, gushing. Eight o'clock at night, it's muddy. And what do you do? What do you do? So I don't know what you would do. <laughs> I don't know where my water shut off is. <laughs> and it's always Friday night or on the weekend when you just don't know who to call. So basically, fortunately for me, I knew how to turn the main water, water off. So that's the first thing I did. But if you can't fix those things, you have to have someone in place. So that's what I, I advocate a lot is having your people in place, having your plumber, having your gardener, having your uh, electrician, having a handyman. You're going to need a handyman. I swear you're going to need a handyman. Um, finding, finding all those people out through people that you trust is everything because when something happens and you know what to do, you don't go into that panic mode. Um, you just go into, okay, I make a call. How do I turn off the water for now? How do I be okay for now till I can get somebody in the home? Things can get out of control so quickly, but the thing that I'm focusing in on is how I feel when I'm not confident and in control, when I'm confident and feel very good about most parts of my life. Right. You know, when there are things like that to not feel confident and not feel safe. And probably a lot of women our age also just feel like somebody's going to rip us off or take advantage financially or. And then there's being alone and needing to rely on people to come into your home. There's all of that. Correct. And that's why I talk about getting your people in place ahead of time. Your friends and your family are going to have people probably that they've used before. And you never know. One of the things is you never let somebody come in your house with, if you're not with somebody for the first few times, because you don't know. And people do rip you off. Um, that's a learning curve. So that's why you want to get referrals from people that you trust. If you, if after the first time you work with this person and you don't trust them, find another. Trust that gut instinct of yours. Find another, but find your people. Find a way to get your car to the mechanic. Find all these things out. Just talk about it. What's going to happen in an emergency? You live alone. What are you going to do? Who are you going to call? All that kind of stuff. If you're prepared ahead of time, the level of panic and anxiety reduces substantially. And you can't do much moving forward if you're constantly in a state of fear. Absolutely. So something that happened here once that really threw me was there was a horrible noise. <laughs> Sometimes you can't even identify what the noise is. And I didn't know what it was. I went looking around. It was like a whooshing sound. And it turned out that it was um, like a gap. The gas was on. Now it was on outside, but I was so freaked out and so scared. And then I was remembering a time in another house that we lived in where there was a gas leak. Or sometimes it's an alarm that goes off and you don't know, like, you don't really even know what the alarm is. Is it, is it the carbon monoxide detector? And you just, it's, it's confusing. Like there's just systems in the house. I'm always amazed when my husband knows when to change a filter. I'm like, how do you know that? I don't know that. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> so I can I could just imagine like again, like of course we're smart, we're bright, we're competent in so many other parts of our life. We can learn these things, but it's exactly what you said. You don't know what you don't know. Right. And it's a learning process. I mean, changing the filters on your air conditioner, that comes with with reading about it, perhaps, or someone telling you about it, but then you're responsible for maintaining that because those things are important for the maintenance of your home. You're trying to prevent anything major happening. You have a water leak. Sometimes you don't even know until you get your water bill because it's so all of a sudden your water bill is so expensive. Those type of things, I advocate walking your property, looking around, seeing what you see, because you'll see a water leak most of the time, unless it's in your toilet, but then that's a whole other story. And then, or some weird things have happened to me by just me walking around my home. You want to see what you see and prevent anything from getting further damage, because that's going to keep you feeling safe about your home. Oh, that's so good. But you said something weird happened. We have to know because if it's embarrassing and funny, we enjoy that on the podcast. What uh, happened? <laughs> I've had I've had several weird things happen to me, and they always involve critters, animals. This particular one, I happened to not be around my home for a month, and then I came back and I was walking, and I saw a bunch of bees in my pool, and I go, "Well, that's strange." And then I thought, "Okay, sometimes bees fly in," but there was a lot. So then I happened to look up into the orange tree and there was about a three foot beehive I'm talking huge. <laughs> like it was so huge that it scared me. I started flapping my arms and walking backwards going, Oh my God, I didn't want to hurt the bees because bees are like not bees are good for us. So it was during COVID. So I was calling around, which by the way, who knew I was going to need to find a beekeeper. <laughs> I was <laughs> calling around and everything was closed because of COVID or they weren't going up past county lines. And I finally found somebody that would come out here and um, it was a beekeeper. And what they do is they just kind of take the beehive, but they have to cut it out and put it in their truck and drive it away. <laughs> but it was like, what do you do? I was like sitting there going, what do I do with this bee? But I just started thinking logically and it all worked out. I've had a couple more. I've had come into my living room and smelled something weird at the fireplace. I go, what is that? And so I go, that smells like urine. What? <laughs> so I went to the fireplace and opened up the flume and this roadrunner dropped down. And I, it scared me. It scared him. I was <laughs> flapping my arms, trying to get away from him. He was covered in soot. He ran out the, luckily the slider was open. He ran out the slider door and I'm going, what? What? You're always flapping your arms. <laughs> I know, I'm trying to get away from those critters. Man. <laughs> so that required me going on the roof and putting screen mesh around the chimney top up there. But Or you would call someone like a handyman to help you do that because you don't want birds falling into your chimney. No, that's not fun. We've had that too. I think I made a kid go deal with it. Uh, <laughs> not a roadrunner though in Toronto. Um, you know, but one of the things you mentioned is this commitment to take your life back. And yeah. what I've heard a lot of women say is that I, they're just not content. They're just not accepting that they're alone or yeah. they, they just feel I'm alone. I can't do that. So how do you tackle that mindset? 
That's exactly right. It's a mindset. I think the, the, the one thing I hear the most of when I first start working with someone is I need a man. As a clinician, also a coach, you're in so much pain and you're, and you're so, and you're hurting. You don't even know who you are right now. You have come from being a wife for 20 plus years and now you're single. You don't know what you want. You don't know what you like. You're desperate. And when you're desperate, you seek desperate men. So take your time, take a deep breath. Let's figure out who you are and what you want and how we're going to get you there before you start trying to get into a long-term relationship, because you want to pick someone you want, not someone you need. That's very different because you'll draw into your life, your neediness and that you got a lot of healing to do right now. And as far as learning how to live alone and feel comfortable, it's time spent. It's being successful at managing your home. It's managing your thoughts. It's taking care of your mindset. It's getting out and re-socializing with people that, that you trust and that you have a good time with. But you, it takes time to get to that place. Oh, I love that you mentioned that because confidence really does depend on doing and being you know, building up some success by taking these baby steps of managing your home, of doing these other things. And managing your home really is the foundation. Again, that's why I love that you talk about it so much because it like, if you can't even get a good night's sleep because you don't feel safe, how can you expect to do the hard work of, you know, uh, getting healthy again and feeling secure? Absolutely. And there's a lot of waking up in the middle of the night in a full-blown panic when you're first divorced. I mean, a lot of anxiety around the fear of not being able to take care of yourself. I'm not sure where that comes from. Where that comes from. Um, I have my suspicions that some of the early fairy tales were about Prince Charming coming to rescue us and always wanting to find that man. But you're not in that situation right then, and you are so capable, you're beyond capable of being able to take care of yourself. You just have to trust that you have the skills. What you don't know, you go ask and you go find. There's nothing that we can't do. Absolutely nothing. So it's true. walking through the fear. It's just walking through the fear, just walking through it. That is so, so true. Okay. So the other thing that I know is really important in your work is the importance of staying physically strong. So can you tell us a little bit about why you've hi- why you highlight that in your work and what that has meant to you? For me, staying physically strong has meant everything to me because it allows me to have the kind of life I want. I watch my dad lose his legs from sitting around and not, not taking care of himself. Your life becomes so limited if you can't walk, if you can't lift. I want to be able to do whatever I want to do for as long as I can. Also, when you live alone, there's stuff you got to take care of. You know, there's groceries you got to bring in. There's bending over to fix something. There's just the healthy mindset that comes with having a body that is strong and capable. Your shoulders stand higher. Your your view stands higher. You walk in the world more confident. You aren't looked at as a victim because people are, are scary out there. And if you're frail and weak, you become more of a target. I just so stress staying strong. You can't have a life you want. Things start happening where you start becoming more limited in what you can and can't do. And that's everything to me is just to be able to do what I want. 
when I walk. What's your favorite way to stay strong? Uh, well, I am in the gym. I've been in the gym a long time and I do actual power lifting, which includes squats, um, deadlifts, cleans, things like that. They are the power moves, but that doesn't have to be the only way you're strong. I do that because I like it. I like the way it feels. I like how I, how my body moves. I like how I can get up and down off the floor. When we get older and don't move, it's a hard, hard chore getting your butt off the floor. Let me tell oh my you. God, Debbie, I'm cracking up. And I did share <laughs> this in one of the podcasts, but um, I, I forget what episode it is. I'll put it in the show notes, but I had an incident when I was in a park with my husband and one of my kids where I had to go to the bathroom and because of COVID, all the bathrooms were closed and I, I ended up having to pee next to a tree. And I was in a beautiful squat. And I remember thinking to myself, look at me. I'm in a beautiful squat. I am so flexible and capable. <laughs> Little did I know. I stood, to get up. Up. <laughs> I, I stood up beautifully, but I had peed down my leg. <laughs> so the squat was beautiful, but my pee technique in the woods needed a little bit of work. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. Like just getting up and down off the toilet, it requires strength, balance and flexibility. Um, I got hurt two years ago reaching. I, I need. OK, I'm I am under five foot. There's a lot of things I can't reach, but I was stretching and I didn't pull a chair over to stand on a chair. It was in the kitchen. I should have pulled a chair instead I stretched up and leaned on my knee on the top of a padded bar stool. Something happened to my knee. A, a pop rang out. It was a horrible noise. And I was in a ton of pain. So sometimes you don't even know. It doesn't even feel like a crazy thing that you're doing. But right. with aging, there are you know some things. Flexibility can change if you're not on top of that. I don't talk about it as much, but flexibility is as important for when you're older, for anybody, really. It's, it's being able to move and not get hurt. When you live alone, you get hurt. Guess what? Who's there to take care of you? What happens? You have to be able to call people in. It's very inconvenient. So my suggestion is let's do everything we can to prevent that from happening. <laughs> so good. I know another thing that you really love to do is walk and you live in a place where there's a lot of hiking. Can you talk about that a little bit? I can. I can even tell you the lead up on that, which is kind of interesting because I worked a lot. Um, when I first got divorced, I worked a lot. I was trying to maintain my financial level. So I gave up a lot of the things I like to do. And then one day I'm sitting there going, I'm not very happy here. So what is going on? And I actually did a timeline because I couldn't figure out anything I wanted to do. I was so down the rabbit hole. Mm. I didn't see any light. So I did a timeline and everything that I, I enjoyed to do was athletic and outside. And I went, okay, so what, I, what can I do that's going to feed that, feed my soul? Because that's what, when you're single and alone, you get to do a whole lot of that. You get to feed your soul. You get to do stuff that you love. It's not all bad. It really isn't. So I discovered that, you know, I had given up being outside. So I went looking for a hiking club and that's how I got started in hiking and being outside. And that led me to be able to do some other camping and all that kind of stuff with a group. So as a single woman, 
that was really somewhat of a godsend because camping by yourself, probably not wise, but camping in a group, a lot of fun. So it also helped with the social situation. So I do hike. I'm in an area right now where it's really, really hot. So the summers are a little tough, but when the fall comes, out come the hiking boots. So I love that. So you decided to do a bit of a retrospective to see what's going on. Why am I not happy right now? And you figured it out. Isn't it crazy that that it wasn't obvious to you that the being outside in nature and the and the athletic stuff was missing? You were so in it that that wasn't obvious. It wasn't it was not obvious. It was a total blank. I think when when you absorb yourself in things that don't feed you you get blinders. It's true of anything. You get blinders and you don't see all the other things out there. You only see what you hold in your conscious on your forefront. So yeah, it took me time to sit down and really look at that. And I just went, wow, because everything I did was athletic or outside. So I was doing nothing like that. No wonder I wasn't happy. Yeah, exactly. but thank you for sharing that. It was obvious, but it wasn't. Yeah. So what was it like going to a hiking club for the first time alone? Well, the actual hiking, <laughs> the actual hiking stuff wasn't bad because you're, you're like a little duck following the, the hiking guide, you know, all these little duckies behind him in a row. Um, going on my first camping trip by myself when I didn't know anybody, that was a little different. It was, it took a little bit of courage and stepping forward. I didn't know a soul except for the, the gentleman who, who ran the group. And um, it put me out of my comfort zone. I had to socialize. Plus, you know, you got to be responsible for your own crap, you know, putting up your tent and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So it was a little, a little strange and a little, like I said, uncomfortable, but that's what it's all about. Otherwise you keep doing what you've always done. You got to step into the uncomfortable place. And yeah, I'm glad and, I did it. Yeah, exactly. And you didn't die. No, I did not. <laughs> and I went and did further trips. I just got back from one from Catalina. So oh. there's, there's that. You, you get this hub of people that like to do the same thing. And for one reason or another, they join the group because sometimes husbands don't like to go. So wives go without them. Single women, even guys are there. So it's just a good way to get out there and be in nature. That is it. That is a great idea. Um, when I was single, I was, how old would I have been then? I was in my late twenties, early, late twenties. And I did my first adventure travel type of trip with a group by myself. And it was the first time I'd ever done that. Just like you, the tent was set up though. It was well watching in Baja. So the tent was set up in like a camp. So I didn't need to put that up and down, but I did need to take a small trek to an outhouse at night with coyotes howling all over the place. And I was so scared. (laughs) So I know a lot of people are very um, comfortable doing anything in public or social alone, especially for the first time. Uh, Can can you give some advice on how to take that first step and get up enough courage to go for the first time? I think you have to really get clear on your why. Why do you want to do that? I mean, you can sit home. You can sit home and do nothing. You already know how to do that. Or you can, why, why do you want to do that? Why did I want to do that? I wanted to get out in nature. I wanted to feed my soul because 
you, you people who know this, who are out in nature and are out there hiking or out there doing trips, know there's something about being in, in the wild, in the wilderness, in the, in the forest, in the trees and all that kind of stuff that's just feeds your soul. So my why was bigger than me being a little bit uncomfortable. So your why, your why could be, be as easy as I don't want any limitations on what I, what I can do. So you're a little bit uncomfortable. So what? So what? You can do hard. We all can do hard. We've done hard. You got divorced. That was hard. You're still alive. So keep pushing those boundaries because then your world gets bigger and you have more options. That's so good. Just that simple question why can be so revealing. And for me, even though I wasn't divorced, my why was this was a whale watch that I was not going to miss. Like there was no question that I was going to have what they call a friendly encounter with gray whales. I was giddy with anticipation and it, it was a weird situation for me at that time, but I was so, I didn't regret it at all. And it gave me enough confidence to do that kind of travel. Right. And I love what you said about being with like-minded people. I bet there's even divorce trips, like for people who are divorced, are there? I actually have not researched those, but I guarantee there are. I guarantee there. Well, actually, you know, there are hiking groups, there are travel groups that are for women over a certain age, which is nice. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of groups that travel that become like-minded. I mean, it would suit you as at our age to be with a group of like older people or more in shape people, or there's people, there's beginner groups, there's all that out there. You just got to search it. And That's right. And sometimes there's women only groups and some are mixed. So you get to make right. those choices too. Right. Yeah. Right. Lots of options. So you touched on limiting beliefs. I wanted to talk about that a little bit because um, as you know, and most of us know, <laughs> if we're not on top of it, the limiting beliefs yeah. will absolutely hold you back. Right. The thing is that you don't recognize all the time that what you're thinking is limiting you because it just feels like such a truth. Right. Maybe because you've never done it before. Maybe because you believe something that your grandmother told you or, or something that your mother did. Who knows why you believe the things you believe. But what can you offer about limiting beliefs about living alone, about being able to start fresh, being a beginner, any of those things? I think this single thing that has changed my life throughout my careers as a marriage family therapist and as a coach is being able to recognize your thoughts. Um, that, that has changed my life. It has changed my ability to change my life mm -hmm. because you become the observer of your thoughts instead of thinking that your thoughts are who you are. They're not, there's distance between the two. And if you can start to recognize those thoughts then you can make changes, you can't change what you don't know, what you don't acknowledge. And for women first divorce, the biggest thing I hear is I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Where did that come from? I don't understand it. Yes, you can, you can do anything you want to do. Um, other ones are, it's too hard. I need a man. I hear those all the time. I, this is not about male bashing. It is not. Uh, it, it, I hope you find your soulmate. I do. I hope you find that in the future. But when you're recently divorced, that is not the time. It is not the time because you're too hurt. Your lenses of the world, your filters are all skewed. So 
one of the things is, is looking at how your thoughts are creating the fear because we have control of our thoughts if we can recognize them. That's the difference. Otherwise they just run rampant and it's, it's a chaotic mess up there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it sure is. And then we're just responding and we're, we're making right. decisions based on fear and, right. and yeah. And, and what's so interesting is once you clean that up and you get better at recognizing what you're thinking, it's also easier for you to see uh, the benefit of this skill to other people who don't yet have the awareness. Right. It's just such a gift to yourself to work on that ability. It really is. Right. So I know that you've got something free on your website. Can you talk a little bit about nine surprising secrets to surviving divorce? Yes, it's just a, it's a small little nine little topics of things that you don't think about, especially in dating and your cell phone, like safety, walking with your cell phone. No, 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 don't do that. Be alert, be aware out there. It's about one of the things I really strongly um, recommend is finding yourself a handyman. I briefly said that before. Trust me, you're going to need it. <laughs> At the worst possible time, you're going to need it. Someone that they're people that can do a little bit of everything. So you really need the, one of those people in your corner. It's just some secret tips that I've learned that helped me over my course of becoming confident living alone. So good. And how can people find that resource? How can they get it? Um, to find that res- resource is to go to my website, which is just www.debbiegoin.com. And then just wait for the pop-up that comes up and put your email address in there. And then you will get that to your email box. Amazing. And I, of course, will have that link in the show notes. So it'll be easy to find. Um, Debbie, you are doing such important work in supporting women, mostly 50 plus, recently divorced and living alone, to know that they can feel safe and alive again. And it's just such important work to know it's a skill. What do you think the main message is? If, if, if a listener right now is going to walk away remembering one key point, what's your most important point? The most important point for me, for my ladies, is you got this. You can do this. So this good. is not that hard. That's so good. So good. Thank you so much, Debbie. Anybody who's interested in learning more, head over to Debbie's website, www.debbiegoen.com. Thanks so much. I can't wait to see what else you do as you um, do this important work to help women get strong. Thank you for having me, Susie. It was fun. (laughs) Awesome. Take care. Bye. Okay, that's it for this episode. I love how Debbie talks about the day that she decided to take her life back. So powerful. And the importance of feeling safe in your home. The importance of getting yourself a handy person that you can trust. Can't be emphasized enough. Another message that was loud and clear was the importance of staying physically strong. Being in shape allows you to have any kind of life you desire to be able to do what you want. And that kind of freedom is simply awesome. Of course, the thought work was mentioned too. Your mindset is so important. Being aware of your thoughts and understanding how you're thinking 
affects what you think is possible for yourself, critical. So, so good. All right. As you know, my focus as a midlife coach is to help you waste less time spinning and feeling stuck. This is what regret-proofing your life is all about. Remember, being the queen of your brain domain is the best way to be. If you want to get unstuck and more clear about your next chapter than ever before, check out the Women in the Middle Academy. Don't waste another second feeling stuck. Book your momentum call and we will take it from there. Head over to www.womeninthemiddleacademy.com. For show notes and links, go to www.susierosenstein.com and click on the podcast tab to find information about this episode, including the link to a free gift I have for you called Top 10 Questions to Reimagine Your Life After 50. Let's do this, ladies. It's time for you to put yourself first, one thought at a time. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.